Cold Storage is a podcast where each episode we pick a different story from the long history of comics and dissect and review it for your listening euphoria. Join us as we stumble our way through some of the most important storylines mixed with some of our favorites. Enjoy. Welcome to another exciting new episode of Cold Storage. I am one of your hosts, Callie, and with me, I have two special guests. What the crap, dude? I'm the one that created this podcast. I'm not a special guest. I'm not a featured player. <laughs> I'm the... Also starring. Also starring co-host Spencer and kid brother mark i wish i knew which one you are because you're screaming into the microphone <laughs> sorry right i was trying to make it exciting and new we want this to be exciting we have been looking Wait. forward to these issues for a while <laughs> to make this exciting you've demoted me that's no. what makes this exciting no you're my co-host now we can really get this thing moving <laughs> no I, okay i'm sorry folks spencer is my co-host spencer Boss, <laughs> my boss. Okay. Spencer is not taking co-host anymore. Spencer is the, the my my master. <laughs> okay, that's better. Okay, so Master Spencer. That sounds better than Master Splinter. I think. Yeah, Master yeah. Spencer. Yeah. yeah, sounds like a big old nerd. It it is. Yeah. Oh, and who was our special? Who is our special guest? The Marf Machine. Marf. It is the Marf Machine. This is Mark Douglas. He has a degree in communications. <laughs> Can we just read my resume? So we brought him on here because of his degree, and we're gonna see how he does. Um, if he if he kind of doesn't bring much to the podcast, we're going to open his throat. Yep, pretty much metaphorically speaking. <laughs> so we, you know, I I know uh, we had a we have an executive producer, but is he our co? Is he a co-producer? Who? It's Mark. Guest producer. How has he produced anything on this? Well, because he's obviously because he told me which producer. knob to twist on my <laughs> yeah. mixer. Yeah, he well, he does relax. have a communication degree, and we're communicating to the masses. Okay, if you have a communication <laughs> degree, send us your name because you're a co. Yeah. So what you want to do is you want to speak into the mic. <laughs> anyway, hey Spencer. Um, so you know I. Uh, I yes, I do. You do know. I know exactly. Yeah. Sometimes you wake up screaming for your mom at night. And my sheets are wet. I don't know why. <laughs> wow, we're just we're really getting into it now, aren't we? <laughs> well, no, uh Spencer is recently so uh, the for those listeners that have been around for a long time, um you guys know about our rivalry with eBay. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I don't. <laughs> You don't know about this? Wait, what? No, dude. EB is a partner. It's not a rivalry. No, no. Our, Spencer, and rivalry. My's, Spencer and Mai's ri- rivalry. Is Who's, that the right English? Mai's has no. never Mize been a word. word yeah. Okay. Spencer and I's rivalry <laughs> uh, on eBay. 
right? Like uh, trying to like yeah. one up each other, right? On, on eBay, that's the yeah, that's the like word not you're missing. Like you guys have a it's not us against, against eBay, eBay the company. No, not uh, no. It's it's Spencer and I battling Callie, it out. It's not me and you versus eBay, man. We're gonna <laughs> take him down. Take him yeah, down. We should. Yeah. <laughs> Who do they think they are? I know eBay. Jeez, what a. <laughs> It's a lame startup. Hey, company. can I tell you guys a little story about how I first heard about eBay? Yeah. Do you guys even remember when you first heard about eBay? No. No, Probably I not, don't. Right? No, no. Henry Rollins is the first person I heard talk about eBay. Um, Henry Rollins, I went to a speaking tour with Henry Rollins, and he was talking about how he spends all his time on eBay all day. Really? I'm like, if it's good enough for Henry Rollins, man, it's good enough for me. So Did I, he start eBay? I uh, hot-botted that and found out, oh, eBay is an auction site. But yeah. So, me and Kelly want to take down eBay, but in the meantime, we're buying stuff off of there, right? Right. Um, and it's like, yeah, every week we'll Marco Polo what our purchases were, and like Kelly just loves to piss me off so bad, dude. And <laughs> gets me so mad sometimes about the stuff he buys, and on the ones where I don't even like respond, that's one of the most mad. In case you don't know, <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I thought you were just, yeah. you know, whatever. Just being a jerk. No, yeah. that's one of the most mad. Just when I don't respond because I'm like, screw you, dude, for buying that comic. So, um, yeah, but this week um, I finally finished my uh, Jack Kirby Fourth World, every single issue that he ever did of the Jack Kirby's Fourth Fourth World. So, every New Gods, every Forever People, Mister Miracle. And Jimmy Olsen. And uh, I'd like to say it feels really good, but mostly I'm just pissed that I had to buy them also before Callie got to <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, I'm so stoked that I own all those. I really am. But yeah, a couple of those last issues like were really expensive, dude. Like, yes. Because you got the first issue, or first appearance of Big Barda, first appearance of Dark Side. Those are pricey books, man. Jeez. Yeah. Not. I should have waited until the movie flopped, and then all those books will be worthless when the New Gods movie comes out. You think it'll drop the value that much? Uh, it will drop it from what it's at now because uh-huh. I think since the movie was announced, they've all gone up. So that makes sense. Yeah. So once the movie flops, mm-hmm. it'll be uh, the time to buy. Yeah. Well, maybe that's what I'll wait for then for the movie to flop. Yeah, but it feels good because I've never like actively targeted like a certain collection before i finished it like growing up i always just bought new issues that came out right mm-hmm, so it's right. like i'll just buy every batman i had it on my pull list or whatever but this is the first time where i'm like okay i'm gonna get all of these comics and then and then did it so, they complete the full story and- i mean yeah and it's not as hard as like it was like ebay makes it a lot easier certainly because like Really, the only thing that preventing you is your ability it's to spend that money, much money. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> but uh, it's not like where you just couldn't find an issue, like because you had to go to every comic shop that you could find. Um, so yeah, but uh, I, I mean, I got my first batch like ten years ago of these comics, but it wasn't until like the last two years where I've been actively like hunting them down. Right, and they're not all in the best condition. Some of them are really not in great condition. But, I mean, all I really cared about is that they were full books, you know. Right, so you could actually read it, right? Exactly, yep. yeah. Yeah, because I'm all about reading them. I'm not going to slab these things. But, uh, yeah, dude, that first appearance of Dark Side pissed me off, dude, because it's a Jimmy Olsen book that nobody's... That's the only Jimmy Olsen book that anybody ever cares about. Right. And Dark Side is only in it for one panel, and it's just his face on a computer screen. Oh, wow. And because of that, the thing cost me... 
almost a hundred dollars to get that stupid Which issue. Which is Dang. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you say he's like miscolored too? Yeah, dude. The color is is flesh color. His skin is flesh colored yeah. in that book. I've looked at reprints of it and uh-huh. they've colored it right, but yeah, in the actual like original issue, he's he's, he's, he's just wow, yeah, flesh colored. Yeah, I know it is like somehow worse, dude. Yeah, it's uh yeah, because I noticed in my uh, omnibus mm-hmm. of the fourth world, um, he he's yeah, he's like the dark side color. Yeah, yeah, I've the got the I've blue. got the omnibus too, and yeah, yeah. he is he, he does look right. I, I mean, the drawing is a little bit different. He's not as rocky looking. Um, you know, his face isn't as like rough looking, but. Uh, one thing we'll learn, as we see in the book we're going to review today, that Jack Kirby's um, villains can evolve, right? Right, and it's weird because it can be from one page to the next. <laughs> and it, back then, when these were being published, you know, it was you know, uh, you know, months apart, but still, like reading it next to each other is a little jarring. Like me and you sitting next to each other. That's right. Yeah, yes. that is really jarring yeah. because you keep trying to touch my legs. With my foot. So stay tuned for our review of the Galactus Trilogy, also known as Fantastic Four, issues number 48 through 50. Stop there. And then we'll be right back. So, there's four of them, and they're fantastic. Am I right? You're completely accurate. Yep. And this is one of the biggest uh, storylines like during Marvel's whole history, right? This is like to me, this is the thing that launched all of like Marvel Cosmic is like what you got here. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. In fact, I was going to say I don't know that there's a more important um overall story or volume of issues in a row that really make up Marvel Cosmic, or almost like Marvel, what we know now. Yeah, just yeah, all of Marvel. Like it's crazy. So, Mark, we're gonna talk to you, okay? Say what? Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Hang on to that one. Okay, okay. So, five issues. Okay, we're gonna sit, we're gonna start with uh, forty-eight. Sure. Forty-nine. Fifty. Do. Fifty-one and fifty-two. Okay. So forty-eight through fifty is the Galactus. You, you get Galactus and Silver Surfer. Word. Two very important characters, um, and then night, or then and then issue fifty, you get this one story called "This Man, This Monster," which was about uh, the thing coming to grips with, actually just crying the whole time, basically. <laughs> but sure, but it's a really cool issue, and the art's amazing, and it. it's an iconic issue of the Fantastic Four. Then right after that, you get the first appearance of Black Panther. So within these five nice. issues, you get Galactus, Silver Surfer, this other iconic Fantastic Four issue. And Black Panther. And then just like three issues before uh, this one, in 45, you get the Inhumans for the first time. Wow. So, dude, they were like, Lee and Kirby were on fire during this time. Yeah, it was like creative genius. I mean, they were on fire at the very beginning of this whole thing, too, when they created the Fantastic Four, Thor, and like uh, Iron Man, like all the stuff was coming. But then this is kind of like, this is a few years later, but it was also, it was just like, holy cow, the fact... What they were able to do like consecutively is crazy, man. Yeah. And the silver Sur- like like that's the thing is what was so cool about this is uh so um our listeners probably know um that I'm a huge Kirby guy. And Kirby it, so th- there's always like the question of who created what between Stanley and Jack Kirby. 
Um, Silver Surfer is one of the few that there's not any contention that Stanley was surprised to see Silver Surfer show up in this comic, right? Like, yeah, Jack Kirby handed yeah. him the comic, and he's like, "Oh, I've got to write the, the story." But I mean, because the way the Marvel method worked, supposedly, there's still differing accounts, but supposedly Stanley would say, "Jack Kirby, I need a story about this." Uh, for this one, Stanley says he came up with the name Galactus. And basically, he said, "I want a story with a guy named Galactus." Basically, and then and then Jack Kirby handed him finished pages like this, and then Stanley wrote in the dialogue, right? But uh, but yeah, he comes up with the Silver Surfer, and that's a fully Jack Kirby creation. And Stanley was just like, "What is this?" But then Stanley like ended up loving the Silver Surfer. One of the last ongoing series Stanley ever wrote was the actual Silver Surfer. Hmm. This is after line. Jack Kirby was gone mm-hmm. from Marvel, but he did with John Buscema. He did a Silver Surfer storyline. So Stanley loves Silver Surfer, but uh, what was funny is the very first um, panel where you actually see a close up of Silver Surfer. Uh, Stanley's dialogue says, "A being whom we shall call Silver Surfer for want of a better name." <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, he was not sugarcoating it. Yeah, no, that, that is how Silver Surfer was introduced to the Marvel <laughs> universe. Um, so, so when Jack Kirby used to turn it specifically his Fantastic Four pages, Jack Kirby would write um, in the margins what he wanted to have the dialogue be in each panel. Then Stanley would go and just change it, but uh, but to whatever fit Stanley's um, what he wanted to do. But it would usually be similar to this. But I haven't seen the original pages for this. But what I can uh, what I can assume is that. Jack Kirby wrote Silver Surfer in there, and Stanley was like, okay. I mean, I can't... Because th- what he says here is, like, basically, you can't or think of a better name. name than what Kirby probably provided. And so he's just like, okay, well, we'll call him Silver Surfer, which, I mean, if you think about it, like, it shouldn't have worked. It should have just been, like, the dumbest a flop thing, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, the name it seems horrible. The fact that he's on a surfboard... Yeah, he's on a surfboard. Which, this was 1966, when, like, you know, the Beach Boys and stuff were doing their thing. Surfing was like a cool fad at the time, right? So that's why Jack Kirby made this. And uh, it shouldn't have worked. But, yeah, he's one of the most important characters in all of the Marvel Universe. And who freaking knew? I mean, it's crazy. Right. And to, like, to come up with the idea of, like, okay, well, I want to, I want a story with a character named Galactus. And then he comes up with this Herald, you know, to to... Uh, introduce Galactus, and that thing is like he comes before Galactus, warning them. You know, they like, well, he's gonna come and he's gonna eat this planet up and take all of its energy source. You know, and um, uh, just being able, like, I don't know, it's it, it's weird because you don't think of like a Chrome guy on a surfboard being really like a, a character being taken seriously, but then for some reason, because of the weirdness and wackiness of Fantastic Four, it works. So I, I just I love um, I love how they did this because you don't see Galactus until the end, right? You mm-hmm. see his herald, which is how it should be, right? Because he goes and searches out worlds, and so that is all you see for the first issue until the last page where you see Galactus, right? Right. But but you hear people talking about it. The scrolls are talking about it. They're hiding from Galactus because he's so important. You see. Is it in this issue where you see uh, Reed Richards hooking up with the Watcher? Yeah, you do. Yeah, yeah. They're yeah, working together. So Reed together. Richards is is locked inside this room, right? Where even his wife isn't allowed to go into this room. And she's just like, 
I gotta go see what Rita's doing. And so she opens up the door, and Rita's just sitting in there with the watcher, which she didn't even <laughs> know the watcher was even around. But what what added to the importance of this is that the watcher is even there at all, right? Like the fact that the watcher is stepping in to help out, which which he's not by definition, he's not supposed yeah, to. Yeah, he's the watcher. He's yeah. he, he has an oath to not interfere with like uh, planetary beings and the right. things that he they're just doing. Watches. Yeah, but oh, go ahead. No, okay. I'm good. So well, it's cool though because when him and and Reed are talking, you know, he he tries to cloud the cover or or cover the 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 sky with fire. And so Johnny Storm is like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to go take care of this. Well, hold on. So, so oh, before sorry, that, yeah, the pacing sorry. of this is so cool because you don't know this. So watch has done that at first. Right. You see the whole sky is filled with fire and nobody knows why. Yeah. And that's what's and cool. It's not burning you, things. You don't even know that the Watcher is even involved at this point. You're just like, what the freak? And then, and then it changes from fire. Oh, yeah. So go. So then Johnny so, Storm. So Johnny Storm goes to find out what's happening, and he's like, "Oh, it's weird. It's not creating heat." But then, like, just onlookers start blasting with like a fire hose because they think that he's the one that set the that sky on fire, it, right? Yeah. And so he gets down and he starts to like fist fight like three or four guys, and then uh, Ben Grimm steps in, <clears throat> and then. Um, so then it changes from ahead, fire yeah, to, to rock. rock. Yeah. yeah. So there's these floating rocks in the sky, and you still don't know why. You haven't seen the Watcher yet. And it's just like, what's going on? Something crazy is happening. But it's just Reed and the Watcher trying to decide how to save the world. Like, that's all this is. But you didn't know that at the time. It's just like the two of them bouncing ideas off each other. Well, what if we hid the world in a ball of fire? Then maybe we can't find it. Yeah. Yeah. Or, okay, well, the fire is going to scare people. So what if we just do floating rocks in the sky? Like that's going to be even safe. Yeah. More safe. You know, By the whatever. way, when did the watcher turn to look like this? Because, like, in my mind, the watcher's always like this big headed dude with a skinny body. Right. And that's what, that's what I, what I saw too when I noticed, I noticed when I was reading this that I was like, man, the, the watcher looks really like plump <laughs> and, and has some sort of, um, facial distortion yeah. and and uh I, I thought the same thing i'm like when did he change and well, so i don't yeah, know if his, this is his, his body is basically proportionate to his head in this which i've never seen before no, yeah right he, he's got this huge head in fact even at one point uh the thing makes a joke about his huge head and i'm like uh, i mean his head's kind of oversized at this point but mostly he he's proportionate but uh but yeah i do i do just like um the thought of Reed in the watch and Reed is such a he's the biggest dick in Marvel oh, Comics. Oh, big too. time. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he's like the Superman of Marvel Comics as far as like dickishness <laughs> goes. And and he doesn't ever tell the rest of the Fantastic Four about anything he's working on. He just leaves them like in the dark. So he's brought in the Watcher to try to save the world. He's on a superhero team already. <laughs> you think he would involve them, but no, he just Recruits this other guy and tries to save the world without the help of the rest of his team. Right. It, yeah. Um, but uh, one thing that's interesting is the Silver Surfer design in this. Um, he doesn't really have a butt in this. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but like the way that they draw, he draws him. He's he's, he's like legs to torso. Yeah, exactly. And it, it actually reminds me a little bit of like a Mike Allred, how Mike Allred draws uh-huh. the Silver Surfer. And I don't know if he took it from this, but like. If you see him from behind, it's it's really just like his torso got split in half, but there's no like, but I don't know if that was a something no maybe nobody else notices, and maybe it's just me, but I like my heroes with little butt. I have I did not notice that no, yeah. so, and then some guy tries to take on the thing and punch him. No, okay, um, but beyond that, uh, 
you know, talking about the design of the Silver Surfer, uh, the way his eyes are, um, he's very alien looking. I hate his eyes in this, actually. Yeah. I, I hate how they drawn his eyes. They they stopped doing that at some point because I've seen later Jack Kirby drawings of the Silver Surfer. But they make it so um, his eyes are like white like the rest of him or silver, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, they have like all these lines like uh, uh, surrounding his eyes. So it looks like a starburst almost inside right. of his eye, which, yeah, I don't like how they did that. I wish they wouldn't have done that. Yeah, it looks exactly like, a, like you said, like a starburst in his but they yeah at at some point they stopped doing that but and then um so through that's the essentially the first issue except the very last page uh galactus does show up and he's in a green and red costume and so he you know presents himself now this is one thing that we were talking about you know like from each issue um it's different because the exact the next very next issue he is in his purple his classic purple color but he's like in a skirt, essentially. Um, no, the costumes, the, that part of it is still the same, isn't it? Um, yeah, he still has that. Well, the green and the green and red, yes, he still has pants. But the next, the following issue, the next image you see of him, yeah, he doesn't have pants anymore. He's just like in a skirt in a purple color. Like it changes directly from forty eight to forty nine. No, it's the, the the bottom part is the exact same. Between, go to the actual. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to hit the mic. Between the purple and the green costume, the bottom part is the exact same. But go, go keep going to the next, the other way. To the next issue. Yeah, go to the next issue. Okay, this better get good. It's gonna get great. Not next page. Still looks the same to me. Well, I. That's just a miscoloring of your stupid reprint again. It is not. Yeah. It's great. Where is what that? Page is, oh, that must be the third issue. Oh no, sorry. I'm actually on the third issue. Oh, okay, sorry. you're on fifth. Okay. Sorry, that's my bad. Yeah, that's the class. That's the that's the one that we know it now on in issue fifty. Um But it's just weird how um it would change so much from from issue to issue because he's a you know, they're experimenting with no, this isn't no this isn't them experimenting at all like jack kirby drew this he drew it and the colorist just colored it different and then you think after that was published he's like no i want it different than that or how do you think that went down this thing where he's showing off his legs uh-huh. that 100 percent wasn't kirby's intention that was a uh, totally on the colorist like miscoloring it or or maybe that was color- kirby's intention and the with the pants it wasn't uh, Kirby's intention. Okay, but, sure. But he doesn't have. He probably didn't give any input on on this. Like he probably they had no input on the coloring. My guess is he probably had no input on the coloring at all, and he ended up with this green and red costume. And then they were like, "Okay, make it purple." So he went and recolored the second issue, and the guy f- forgot to give Galactus pants. Dude. Okay, like, sure makes sense. To, to me, that's what it looks like. But, okay, but either way, he's got the skirt thing even in the other issues but he's got pants underneath his skirt right and that's the biggest the one thing that's i mean it could because now at this point um what is issue 49 you know he he's the classic color galactus with the g on his chest um just with no pants under Dude, his the worst part about this design is the stupid uh-huh. g on yeah, his the chest. big g on his chest yeah. <laughs> for one he's an intergalactic being but <laughs> He but, has a G. But yeah, this is a Latin Germanic language <laughs> that he speaks. So it just happens to be they use the same letters. And he eats worlds, but he's like, you know what? We could really like set this costume I got off. A G. I want people to know what's happening. Putting a G on there. Yeah, I wonder how long it was till he got rid of that. Hopefully, it was fast. 
That's it's just weird to me because that doesn't even seem very Kirby-ish to me. Like I, I can't think of he does have an A for Captain America on his head, but like on the chest, I can't think of any other characters that where you put a letter like, put a letter on, on, the, on chest. the chest. Yeah, like out of any of his designs. Well, the other than the it, Fantastic Four. They have the four on their chest. Like, so yeah. maybe he was just trying yeah, to keep true. it all in the same uh, white circle with a yeah, that could be. single character in it. That could be. Well, it was stupid. It was a bad <laughs> idea. It was a bad idea. Um, and, yeah, they totally got rid of that. The rest of it is t- 100% Kirby looking. And oh, yeah. The helmet is so iconic, and it's so freaking awesome. Like I never noticed that he had, like, a baseball cap thing on his helmet it's just no it's just a uh, dude he goes around in space there's a million suns that you have to block <laughs> you have true. to shoot i never noticed he had a baseball <laughs> cap yeah. under he should be more tan for for traveling through over suns so so my favorite part about these three issues is that it's like the fantastic four they are just kind of like um the the cool thing about the Fantastic Four is they have to deal with cosmic stuff, but then they're they're just human, right? They're just right. like regular people, and uh, they're dealing with the biggest thing they've ever dealt with at this point, right? There's one point where uh, in the third issue, so so the basic thing here is that uh, Galactus sends off the Silver Surfer to find him worlds to eat. Silver Surfer gets down here, um, has a change of heart, and is going to end up fighting Galactus. Um, but there's a at this point, uh, the Fantastic Four are just watching. They're just spectators at, at this point. And that's my favorite part of the whole story is where Silver Surfer decides that he's going to go against Galactus, and they it shows them. They're literally watching the Silver Surfer come up to Galactus, and it's going to be this huge fight between gods, basically. And at this point, they can't do anything. They're powerless. But, I mean, right. they, they have their powers, but nothing is affecting Galactus, and they just have to watch this happen. They've got the Watcher. And they've got Galactus and Silver Surfer, and it's just this huge thing that's happening. Meanwhile, Johnny Storm, so the Watcher has this idea to send Johnny Storm to go get the uh, ultimate nullifier. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the only thing, that, the only weapon that can take down Galactus. Uh, and then uh, another one of my favorite parts is um, he goes through stuff like further in the cosmos or whatever than any of the Fantastic Four have ever been. Right. And he's seen things that no human has ever seen. And he comes back and he's just like, he's shaking and he passes out and he, he's just saying, I can't, I've seen things like that basically nobody should ever see. And he even says, he's just like, he's, as he's passing out, he's just like, we're just ants. We're just ants. It's just like, cause he's, his mind is trying to grasp the hugeness of what he's just seen. Right. Like the vastness of eternity and space. Yeah. And they're just like these human beings on the speck of a planet. You know, and one thing to point out too is like, you know, like these other planets that Glaucus has come across and eaten um, didn't have like life forms on them. They were just pure energy and, and taking the energy from those planets. So this is the first time. I don't know. Did it say that? Uh huh. Because I remember seeing a part where they said, you don't have to eat this planet. You don't have to do that to this planet because there's other ones that don't have life forms on it. I remember hearing seeing him say that, but I never heard him say, "Up until now, you've never seen any with life forms on it." Well, Silver Surfer does exclaim that um, he, something about coming across life forms that um, that are intelligent beings. Maybe that's what it was that they, these are intelligent. And the other planets didn't have intelligent beings, but that he he never come across intelligent beings before like this, hmm. and um, to to spare the world because of that. I didn't understand it that way. In fact, 
I, and that you could be right, and I, I could have missed that part, but what I always thought was cool about the Silver Surfer is that he had a change of heart here. So he's mm-hmm. been involved with some really shady stuff. That's how I've always seen the Silver Surfer, is he's been involved with some really shady stuff, and it wasn't until he talked with one of the people on the earth where he realized, okay, this was bad. But I, yeah, I could be wrong on that. I don't I don't know. But that that's a crucial part of the story is where... It's really weird how it happens, right? He gets punched by the thing. Yeah, knocked off the building and falls. But then the watcher says that he chose to get knocked out because that was his easiest way of leaving. Instead of just like leaving, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But which is like a weird reason? Is he's full on knocked out? You see him laying down on the roof, completely knocked out. He falls through the skylight, and it's uh, Alicia Masters. Yeah, Alicia Masters. Ben Grimm's girl, uh, and he's just totally passed out. And uh, this is one of my favorite parts because you have all this huge cosmic stuff happening, but at the same time, you have this really, really human storyline happening. It's very intimate, like for them to just like bear, bear that each other's like, uh, I don't know, like the right word, but like she expresses to him. Her emotions, and he expresses to her his emotions. Well, he doesn't have emotion up until this point. Like, he sees himself as a being who doesn't. He he basically says at one point that he has no reason for emotion. But yeah, she's making him confront that stuff. She's she's humanizing him, and it's cool because she's the she's the one who's crippled, for lack of a better word. Like, uh, she's the one who. Um, she can't see, but she's the one who actually gets the Silver Surfer to become, you know, to understand, to be more human. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I love that whole story. So Silver Surfer basically wants to get with her, I think, at this point. And Ben Graham is already with her. Yeah. And uh, at the very end, Ben Graham gets a little jealous. Right, which leads us into the This Man, This Monster, which I didn't realize until I read this that that is where Ben Grimm was coming off of um, with... Because what happens is um, when when they're on the rooftop um, after the battle with Galactus, um, she runs right past Ben, and Ben tries to say something to her, and she just completely ignores him and uh, runs right to Silver Surfer. She's like, oh, you're okay. She's not ignoring him. She doesn't know he's there because she's... But he's, he said something to her. No, no. You, you, this is one of those things where you're not reading because I did read it because the Silver Surfer says that Ben was up there and she says, "Oh, he was. I didn't know." And then they, she runs down after him. But if when you read it, there's a part where he says, "Why are you worrying about me, yeah. well, she Alicia?" Didn't hear him. Well, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know. I think I thought she was just ignoring because she's like, "What well, he says?" He says, "Oh, she just blew right past me." Yeah, and, that's fine. <laughs> I yeah, you're right about that. But then she says the thing where she didn't know he was even up there. Because she was too worried about Silver Surfer and not enough about Ben. That's how I read it. That she starts to care more about Silver Surfer than Ben. You're you're wrong about that. She okay. To my knowledge, she doesn't hook up with the Silver Surfer, does she? I don't. I have no idea. She, in Mark? fact, she's totally a lover. Oh ben. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Actually, Ben and uh, Silver Surfer hook up. Yeah. No, uh, dude. <laughs> 
She's totally in love with Ben because when she when he said when Silver Surfer says that Ben was there, she's mm-hmm. like, "Oh my gosh, I had no idea." And she says Ben is the most amazing man. She does. I I know she does say that, and she goes to chase after him down the stairs because he's like grumbling off. But he's he because when she comes up to the roof and she's like, "Oh, you're okay." He's like, "Why are you worried about me? Like, you know, you don't have to worry about me." And then she keeps going to the Silver Surfer, and all of a sudden, uh, yeah, see right here. Like she, she blows right past him, and he's like, she just totally like blew me off, and so like, when did when did he ever speak to her? It's like right. Let me pull out my book. Hold okay, on it says you didn't have to worry about me, baby. You should have known I I I question mark. Okay, you're right. So she does. You're right. She does blow past him. Right, and then she goes right to Silver Surfer, and then okay. then he's like bummed out, and so he starts to leave, and then that's when Silver Surfer's like, "Yeah, Ben was just here," and she's like, "What? Where?" Okay. But I think she was so focused on no, Silver Surfer you're right. yeah, you're right, that she totally just passed Ben, and so Ben goes into this slump of like depression or whatever, and decides to leave, and and then it shows the guy from This Man, This Monster. And he says something about like how he's going to infiltrate the Fantastic Four, and so like it made so much more sense to me when about this man, this monster, and and uh, like the proceedings of that just from reading this one issue. And it was weird to read it out of order because it made it shines so much more light on me. Anyway, that I know that's a side note, but yeah, uh, yeah, no. So the way that they would write these during this time is they would carry on one storyline about halfway into the next issue so mm-hmm. issue number 48 still has like the first like 15 issues or 15 pages are closing out the inhuman storyline right? right which is cool because it ties it all together yeah you don't even get to the galactus part of the story until halfway through that first issue basically mm-hmm. and right. the, and this one in issue number 50 the galactus storyline pretty much is ending um, and then they're starting up the next storyline right. uh, with the next few pages. And I think they did that because it's a way to keep readers going, right? Like, if you can give them half of a story, they're going to want to buy the next issue. Right, right? exactly. So. Yeah, it's like a, the classic cliffhanger, but before cliffhangers or something. Yeah, I don't know. No, it's not before. <laughs> it definitely wasn't before cliffhangers. They did those way before. First time somebody fell off of a cliff halfway was the first cliff. <laughs> first one. <laughs> uh, so uh, what was interesting is Silver Surfer gets a change of heart. He wants to, um, you know, go against Galactus because Alicia showed him the air of his ways, which didn't take that long, but... Yeah, like maybe just nobody had ever brought it yeah. up to him before. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> hey, maybe you shouldn't help this guy kill everybody. And he's like, you know what? It's a normal... You're right. I've yeah. never really thought about it before. That is kind of messed up. That is kind of what it was like. But in the meantime, Reed and the Watcher had this other idea to get this ultimate nullifier uh, in order to stop Galactus. So it all comes to a head um, where uh, Silver Surfer goes to basically try to stop Galactus, but Galactus is too strong. Like, that that plan there alone wouldn't have worked. Right. Well, and especially when he confronts him and talks to him and he's like, I'm stripping you of your uh sky your spaceway travel ability or whatever. And he and like strips him so he can still fly on the board, but he can't like which I didn't understand because he can't it's right there where the red beams are hitting him, right. but like you know, like I I've always known Silver Surfer to, to travel the the spaceways. So like to take away that power and I haven't read a ton of Silver Surfer, so I don't. I couldn't speak to you know 
what happens after this, how he gets them back or whatever. Um, but how could you even use your surfboard if you got your powers taken? His powers weren't taken. He was just banished to Earth, basically. Okay. So, right. like, yeah, he was no longer a herald of Galactus. So he, so I think because of that, he was... Um, and he, he is no longer able to travel, like, basically beyond Earth. But, he, yeah, you can still surf on a surfboard. You don't want a silver walker. <laughs> the silver walker. The silver The walker. silver stroller. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he still has to have a silver. Um, uh, so one thing that was cool is when Silver... Before all that, uh, Silver Surfer is attacking Galactus. And it's just... Dude, it is so epic. I expected mm-hmm. this to be, like, like really dated and not necessarily hold up when I went back to read this. Um, but, dude, I was, like... By this third issue... I was fully on board. I'm like, dude, this is epic. What's happening right now is just, like so amazing. Mm-hmm. This is the panel where I was telling you about where the three of them are watching them. They're they're in their um, force field basically, and they're just watching the Silver Surfer come attack Galactus. And and Silver Surfer, he's got powers too, and he's um, gonna, he's shooting with these rays, and he puts him in this cocoon type thing, and like you think that oh, okay, dude, that's awesome. He's he solved got him. it. Yeah. But dude, this page right here, I mm-hmm. love it so much because Galactus is breaking out of the cocoon and the way that Kirby drew this energy of him breaking out, it just seems like, it seems like an atom bomb. It just seems like the most energy that you could possibly put uh, of him getting out and you're just like, yep, this guy is so freaking powerful. Right. Like, and that's like, even, even the fantastic four, three of them, you know, that were in the force field are still running away from it. Even though they had a force field around them, they're like, Oh, we got to get out of here because just because of like the immense energy and power that Galactus is bringing with him. Yeah. And, and Galactus is like the, his, the character they made him is just really cool. And this is, probably more to Stan Lee's credit. I, I don't know because I haven't seen like the actual pages for this to see what Jack Kirby included on the margin notes, but they make Galactus really impartial to... to He doesn't see what he's doing as evil or as good because he's so far above that, right? Right. Like, where like, and he equates him to ants a lot. And it's like, if you're going to do something to an ant, if you step on an ant, that doesn't make you an evil person, right? It's right. just, they're not part of your like morality you know like so he mm-hmm. doesn't even see what he's doing is good or bad he just needs to eat and that's what he's doing right he does it for survival and and i love that he's not trying to he doesn't want to kill the silver surfer he says you know so many times you've been good to me i don't want to do this please stop like he's tried to get the silver surfer to stop attacking him because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to do anything to him right and he doesn't end up killing the silver surfer even by all accounts the silver surfer was trying to kill galactus at this point he doesn't kill Silver Surfer. He's just like, he just takes his, you know, he's just not his herald anymore. Right. And that those panels of Johnny Storm coming in and out of the, I don't know, I can't remember what they called it, but the how he's like being transferred to Galactus Space Station and back. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think that looks cool. This is like the red, black, and yellow. It's just really cool. It's very poppy. 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 Populous. Yes. Um, what else? There was something else I, w- I really liked about the story that I want to talk about. Um, I I just loved um, how basically the Fantastic Four, other than... Yeah, they were just like players in this bigger story, right? Right. Basically between the Watcher and, and Galactus and Silver Surfer. And they're just... Um, 
kind of like watching what's going on and helping out when they can. But really, it shows that they're basically powerless to these people. Um, and uh, the ultimate nullifier just looks like a vape thing. <laughs> <laughs> it does. And what's weird to me, okay, so Galactus is so big, his space station is huge. And then there's this weapon that's tiny that holds in the hand of a human. Yeah. And like, so, and I don't know the the history of the ultimate nullifier or anything like that, but it doesn't make sense to me that there would be this weapon that's so powerful it could destroy Galactus, but it can be held by a human being. You know, which which is pretty, I don't know. I well, think it's kind of cool. I, but, I think it really is just them like, well, like Spencer was saying, the Fantastic Four are kind of like side players this whole time. Right. They had to bring them back in. And I think that's how they got them back in was by like, oh, Reed's so smart. He made this uh, ultimate nullifier. And then, you know, they have to win in their own book, right? Right. Yeah, it's true. Well, yeah, yeah. Actually, and Reed didn't make the ultimate nullifier. Johnny Storm, the Watcher sent oh, yeah, Johnny he went Storm and out got to it. go yeah, find that's it. That's right. Yeah. Um, but, dude, uh, after um, – so, basically – um, Galactus says, "Okay, the the way that they actually win is Galactus is just like so." Reed comes with the ultimate nullifier. Galactus knows that that's the one thing that can get him. Basically, Galactus says, "I'll leave this planet alone. Just hand over the ultimate nullifier." Um, and uh, so they so Reed hands it over. The Watcher Reed actually basically does anything the Watcher tells him to do. Um, he's kind of the Watcher's little lackey. Um, but then when he, the Galactus starts to leave, there's this panel of him just turning into energy, just mm-hmm. to, like he's basically phasing out and it's, dude, it's so cool, dude. Kirby, nobody else could have done this like as good as Kirby did. And, uh, yeah, I just, I, like I said, I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed this and how much like just the scale of this, it's like. You know, how do you top this? Like, once you've once you brought Galactus into this, like, how do you write the next story? Right. You know, but they did. They wrote this man, this monster, which was like heartfelt. Yeah, very like poetic, heartfelt story. And then, and then you get the Black Panther two issues later. It's just like, dude, you're fighting. These guys are firing on all cylinders. Yeah, it was such a great time uh, for the Fantastic Four and the Marvel Universe in general. I also really like the contrast of the Fantastic Four being yellow and blue in that smaller panel, and then Galactus with all the energy in the red and yellow. Um, yeah, that's cool. Um, so one thing, uh, oh, the uh, I, one thing, uh, other thing I wanted to bring up is the cover to that second issue, forty nine, is probably one of my all time favorite comic book covers. Like it, uh, the one with Galactus over the over the Fantastic Four. Um, it is uh, one of the most iconic covers um, in comics, dude. I, whenever I see this, I'm just like, holy cow! It's a, it's a lot of money though on eBay, so I'll never own it uh, ever. But uh, yeah, I just loved like the like the picture of Galactus like looming over these guys, and it just shows how big of a story that they were doing. Um, in that issue, actually, in forty nine, there's a. Uh, there's a letter from in the letters column. There's a letter from Dave Cockrum who created Nightcrawler. Really? And, yeah. Uh, yeah, was the artist for the X Men reboot. Um, but he did a story saying how Jack's art is weird. 
(laughs) (laughs) Um, Another thing I found while I was like looking up around this stuff is they um, have these Spanish editions of these comics. Yeah. Which are freaking awesome, dude. Like the, like the covers of these comics are so cool looking. Um, Oh, that is way cool. And they're cheaper than the American ones. So I'm thinking I might buy one of those because just the art for the Spanish covers of these, uh, are really cool looking. So. Well, they're almost they're, they're I mean they're not identical, but they're very like I mean it's the same pose and essentially. But yeah, the it looks are really the same, cool. But yeah. They got a different artist to paint yeah. basically. It's um, almost like a movie poster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does kind of feel like that. Yeah, but I want to get those, dude. Yeah. And it says uh so this is the the we're looking at the cover for issue 49 if this be doomsday and in Spanish it's El Dia de la Muerte, which just means the day of the dead which doesn't uh, that's something else dude, yeah. in Spanish, but that's how they've done it so um and the other thing too which is interesting it says historias uh, graficas para adultos which i can only assume means graphic uh, stories for adults which uh that would mean something different in english yeah. too um but yeah those those things look so cool i want to get them but uh yeah dude to me it lived up to the hype Callie. yeah i agree it's um i've I've had this big huge volume uh for a few months or a year or something and i i just haven't had a reason to break it out and then reading it i was very pleasantly surprised on how cool it was um it just expanded my love for the the awesomeness that is kirby and you know what the other thing is too is like um it makes me want to give a little more credit to Stanley at this point um, because I don't feel like like this Stanley's writing in this is not as hokey as some of the other stuff that I've read that he's done. Um, it doesn't feel as juvenile. Um, so I, I do give credit to Kirby or to uh, Lee for how well um, these, <clears throat> excuse me, these three issues uh, were presented and written. Dude, the whole thing uh, with them, I don't know, man. That I don't know if anybody will ever know a hundred percent who did what, who created what with this stuff, dude. Because I was reading an interview today where Jack Kirby literally claimed that Stanley had nothing to do with the Fantastic Four. <laughs> like he, like Jack Kirby would say, and I'm a Jack guy. I love Jack Kirby so much. He's my favorite comic creator. He always will be. Uh, he's he's Galactus level for me. But like, um. I've read Jack Kirby stuff where Jack Kirby was all by himself and I've read stuff where he was with Stan Lee and there's, there's a difference. My thinking is cause Jack Kirby has said straight up, like he wrote everything in the fantastic four. And my only thinking of that is, is that, like I was mentioning earlier, Jack Kirby will write, he would write in the margins of what was supposed to happen in each panel. And I just think Jack Kirby didn't read the final like output, like right. to see that Stanley actually added a lot to what Jack Kirby put in there. Right. Maybe Jack Kirby just thought that Stanley wrote exactly what Jack Kirby had written in the in the uh, margins of the pages. And, and in that case, yeah, Jack Kirby. If that was the case, Jack Kirby would have done everything. Stanley just basically was an editor, which is what Jack Kirby claimed Stanley was. He said he's not. He didn't write the Fantastic Four. He just was an editor, and uh, I just think Jack wasn't reading the final product to see. But like, you can definitely tell a difference. But one good point that I was reading in that same interview that Roz Kirby, Jack's wife, brought up. He, uh, she said, 
Look at what Jack Kirby created after Stan Lee and Jack Kirby broke up. Now look at what Stan Lee created after Jack Kirby and Stan Lee broke up. Stan Lee didn't make anything after he wasn't with Jack Kirby. Right. But Jack Kirby did go on to create a ton of stuff after. So there is some validity to that. Well, there's also, I mean, if you think about it too, um, before the Fantastic Four, I mean, he worked on uh, Sky Masters, right? Is that what it's called? Well, he did a lot of. He had a whole career of like thirty right, right, years well, I'm just, before. And I'm just, I, well, as like a, a precursor to Fantastic Four. No, so challenges like, the unknown. Would like be. he did challenges the unknown. What that's that's the precursor to this. Sky Masters isn't. Well, Sky Masters is like four astronauts, one's a woman, and three are men. I'd say Challengers is way closer to the. I would agree that this. Challengers is way closer to Fantastic Four, but I, but I mean the same trope of like four people st- still doing adventures and and traveling. Um, but my point is, is that that was before he was with Stanley specifically on Fantastic Four. Right. So was Challengers. I know. Yes. Yeah. I, I know. That's okay. yeah. I no, that's what I was saying. That like Sky Masters and Challengers to me are both precursors to Fantastic Four. Yeah, they are, except for the fact that. Like they didn't have superpowers, like right, uh, you know, and they didn't have problems. They didn't bicker, and like that's the stuff that Stanley brought to it. That you know, like Jack Kirby never did that much of that. Even when he was on his own, he didn't do a lot of like the like the interpersonal like problems and feuds and stuff. Like that was total Stanley thing, you know. Right. You saw that with Spider Man. You saw that with the Fantastic Four, Tony Stark, all those guys. So. um Together they were great, you know. But 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 again, like you said, or Roz said, you know, like Kirby was very, you know, huge imagination and very very big on his own. But you know, with Stan Lee, made it even better. I I used to just be a hundred percent in the Kirby camp, and I hated. And I know you were the same way. Hated Stan Lee and all the credit he tried to take. But uh, just the stuff I've been reading lately, like. Jack Kirby did the same stuff. He tried to take full credit for all this stuff too. Mm-hmm. So like, and as hard as that is for me to say, it, it's true. And I, and, and I, that he was saying that, but I know that it's not true. I, this isn't a hundred percent Jack Kirby. I would honestly say this is probably 90, 80 to 90% Jack Kirby. And, mm-hmm. but there, but there is, uh, you know, that 20 to 10 to 20% Stan Lee that is totally undeniable. Well, of course. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah. and it helped. And I, the way that this is Jack Kirby handled all of the pacing, like of the story. And that's where his genius was. Jack Kirby was the, the director where Stan Lee may have been, if this were a movie, Stan Lee would have been the editor of the movie, but Jack Kirby was the director. Like he was the one who paced the movie out, set up the scenes all that stuff and then Stanley came in afterwards and made it work to you know whatever to be swallowed story to be yeah exactly um but yeah the pacing of these three issues to me is amazing and it's so epic and it's so huge and it's undeniable that Galactus and Silver Surfer are Kirby things right right Stanley may have came up with the name Galactus but like it's a hundred percent Kirby in my opinion like like Kirby was obsessed with gods right so uh and this is a god that ate worlds like that's a hundred percent Kirby well, well yeah and then you look at like you know to just to bring up like new gods for instance um you know like these these beings are are characters that would be that would belong even in the in the 
you know, a space odyssey of like a fourth world type of event, you know, so, so these characters fit so perfectly with other versions of Jack's creations that it's undeniable that it is Jack Kirby, but, but like you said, like more palatable through Stanley. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. And I, um, you know, Jack has claimed that basically Stanley is not a writer. He doesn't know how to write and stuff. And I, I don't know. I would disagree with that. I think that Jack was probably a little bitter and angry about, you know, how he was treated and, sure. how, and how well Stanley made off compared to Jack Kirby. Um, but no, I mean, together, dude, they were like, they were, they created the Salt Marvel pepper, universe, man. dude. Like, um, you know, Kirby had some involvement, even in Spider-Man. Like, uh, it's debatable how much he had. If you, if Jack Kirby claims he created Spider-Man, and that's, I don't know, it's a little bit debatable. I think it, he was in his angry phase when he said that. He definitely did come up with, um, with Stan Lee with the idea for Spider-Man before they handed it off to Ditko, but it wasn't the Spider-Man that Ditko made. Right. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, dude, these guys together were just like freaking amazing, and I think that even Kirby by himself is is amazing. He's dude, that guy is the most creative person that's ever touched comics, and there would be no Stanley if it wasn't for Jack Kirby. Right. I, I definitely think that Stanley got more help being with Kirby than Kirby got being with Stanley. You know, so I I totally second that. It's weird because you're starting to sound like me. <laughs> Well, you were sounding like me from just five years ago. I'm it's, just, yeah, I'm yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, dude, yeah, Stanley got the better end of the deal in that relationship. But, but uh, in fact, on all accounts, he got paid better. He, he got, um, gets more recognition and everything. Right. But Stanley, you know, Jack Kirby did 90% of the work on this stuff. So, um, yeah, anyway... I, I got into Kirby through his DC stuff that he was doing by himself. Um, that's what really made me like Kirby. But reading this stuff, this was really good. And I think I need to go back and read the rest of the Fantastic Four stuff. And I, you know, I, I like you said, I, I agree. I think this is great. Um, I just, I, I, there's some of the other stuff of Stanley I've, I've read. Um, for instance, like uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or uh, I'm sorry, I'm totally, Nick Fury. Sorry, um, seemed a little bit uh, more blockheady, but maybe that's the way the character is written. So um, anyway, well, yeah. the thing is too is like I think that this was the top of their game. So yeah, this doesn't mean that everything that either of them did. Like I mean, they both did stuff that was, you know, definitely worse than this. So <laughs> I think that they were both. Fi- Firing on all cylinders. I just can't look at the amount of creativity that was coming out of these guys at this time. It's just mind blowing. Incredible. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. I think we, sh- we've over talked it. We should just put her to rest. Let's, let's lay her down. Better back down, Mark. Better back down. Okay. So you can find us on Instagram at cold storage podcast email us at the cold storage podcast at gmail.com um and also please leave a review for us um wherever you listen to your podcasts uh comments are welcomed and uh we will settle for four stars or greater i mean don't advertise four stars just okay, advertise sorry. five stars give us five stars basically we we won't come to your house and steal your cat Dogs.
Okay. For for a four star review, but don't advertise that. It feels like you're trying to push the four stars. Okay, I'll push for five. St- I'm pushing for five stars. Give us four if you feel like you need to. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you don't even need to say that because they leave, will do it if they feel like us, they need to. Leave us a review. Leave I, us a five star review. Just say that. Yeah, leave us a five star review and tell your friends about us. We want we want other people to hear this goodness. I mean, presuming presuming that it is goodness. Yes. Was it good, Mark? It's the best thing I've ever heard. Mm-hmm.